This is a podcast from the Business Times. The Fed is now universally expected to cut rates a few times in 2024, which sets the stage for a broad recovery for the many REITs and property trusts listed in the Singapore market. But even though interest rates and bond yields are likely to fall in the months ahead, they are still likely to remain relatively high. And the outlook for economic growth, after all the monetary policy tightening that took place over the last two years, is rather uncertain. The way I see it, in 2024, Singapore's REITs and property trusts need to adjust to the new normal of higher interest rates and slower growth by reducing their gearing and focusing their portfolios on higher quality assets. Making this transition smoothly and effectively could help burnish the reputation of a REIT's manager and sponsor group and prove to be an important driver of performance in the months ahead. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the BT Mark to Market podcast. My name is Ben Paul, and I'm a senior correspondent at The Business Times. This series of podcasts, which is based on my weekly column in The Business Times, aims to provide analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. We're in the month of January 2024, and there is a strong sense of optimism across financial markets after the Fed indicated last month that its policy rate could be cut 75 basis points over the course of this year. This would bring the federal funds rate from its current range of between 5.25 and 5.5% to between 4.5 and 4.75% by the end of this year. This is quite a significant change in stance on the part of the Fed. Back in September, it was indicating that the federal funds rate would end 2024 at between 5 and 5.25%. Not surprisingly, this triggered a slide in bond yields, a sell-off in the US dollar, and a broad rally in stocks around the world. Here in Singapore, the obvious play for investors was to buy REITs and property trusts. These structures are designed to deliver the bulk of their total return in the form of income, and they had become less attractive to investors as interest rates and bond yields shot up over the last two years. REITs and property trusts are also all levered to some extent, and many of them were hit by higher debt costs as interest rates climbed. Also, the book values of their properties were under pressure, which risked inflating their gearing ratios. In short, REITs and property trusts had become less profitable and more risky as interest rates rose. With interest rates now widely expected to fall in the months ahead, the negative investor sentiment towards REITs and property trusts seems to have reversed. In December last year, within that single month, the IHS REIT index rallied 9%. Among the strongest gainers during that short period of time were the ones exposed to particularly troubled sectors and that had been beaten down the most in the preceding years. For instance, Prime US REIT, which owns office buildings in the US, bounced more than 95% in December last year alone. Its peers, Manulife US REIT and Keppel Pacific Oak US REIT, were up 54% and 47% respectively. Meanwhile, Capital Land China Trust was up nearly 15%. On the other hand, REITs and property trusts that had performed reasonably well in preceding years, such as Capital Land Ascenders REIT, and Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust, did not rise as much as the benchmark index in December. Now, I'll talk more about the performance of individual REITs and property trusts later in this podcast. Let me first offer some perspective on the pivot by the Fed and the reaction it sparked in the market. First of all, the shift in stance by the Fed was not completely unexpected. Inflation had been moderating quite quickly in the US, and the Fed members themselves, even before the last FOMC meeting, had been projecting that interest rates would begin coming down sometime this year. It's also worth noting that many market watchers are still expecting the Fed to cut rates even more aggressively than it is currently indicating. 
So rate cutting by the Fed in 2024 was not completely unexpected, and there could be some disappointment on that front in the months ahead if the Fed does not act as aggressively as some market watchers currently expect. For me, the real surprise over the past year is that U.S. economic activity and corporate profitability has not been more adversely affected by the steep rise in interest rates since 2022. The median projection by FOMC meeting participants last month puts U.S. GDP growth for 2023 at 2.6%. This is up from a median projection of 2.1% in September last year and 0.5% back in December 2022. Why has U.S. economic growth in 2023 proven to be so much stronger than expected? One factor is that demand held up better than expected because savings accumulated during the pandemic made some sectors of the economy impervious to high inflation and interest rates. For example, sky-high airfares and tight monetary policy did not stop people wanting to travel after the pandemic. But U.S. economic resilience in 2023 wasn't just a demand-side story. The supply chain bottlenecks and low labor force participation rates, which fueled inflation when economic activity restarted after the pandemic, have also been unwinding over the past year. This helped bring inflation down quickly while also supporting strong economic expansion. This is, in my view, one reason the US market has been so resilient in the face of relatively high interest rates. I mean, the Fed hasn't even begun cutting rates, but the S&P 500 is already close to its all-time highs. Now, this supply tailwind and the pent-up demand that I mentioned earlier won't last forever. In fact, the more dovish projections for the federal funds rate in 2024 by Fed members last month were accompanied by projections for slightly weaker GDP growth. Their median projection for US GDP growth in 2024 is now 1.4%, down from a median projection in September last year of 1.5%. So even though the Fed is set to loosen monetary policy this year, investors should be wary of slower economic activity and weaker corporate profitability. But what exactly does this mean for REITs and property trusts listed in Singapore? Regular listeners to this podcast series might recall that I said only last month that Singapore-listed REITs and property trusts have generally not performed well in 2023 and were likely to finish the year in negative territory. This was before the Fed's dovish pivot, and in fact, after its unexpectedly strong run in December, the IH S-REIT index actually ended 2023 up 0.25% for the year. And that's just the raw market price gain. If you look at it on a dividend reinvested basis, which you should because REITs deliver most of their return in the form of income, the IHS REIT index delivered a total return of 6.59% in 2023. But whether you look at the raw market price performance or total return, the REITs that rallied most strongly in December were still among the worst performers for the year. As I mentioned earlier, this included the very badly beaten down US Office Property Trust as well as Capital Land China Trust. So, with the prospect of lower interest rates in 2024 spurring risk-taking across the whole market, should investors go for these bombed-out laggards? Or does it make more sense to stick with the larger REITs and property trusts that have performed more consistently in recent years? I'm going to talk about that next. The Business Times Podcasts. Relevant. Incisive. Compelling content by some of the newsroom's most respected correspondents in markets, wealth management and current affairs. Available on all your favorite audio content apps and at www.businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts. And now, back to Mark to Market from the Business Times. On the 8th of December 2023, 
Capital Land Investment made an announcement that some investors in REITs and property trusts might have found worrying. The company said it expects to report a decrease in earnings for 2023 due to fair value losses on some of its investment properties in markets such as China, Australia, Europe, the UK and the US. These fair value losses arose due to higher capitalization rates and weaker market sentiment. This warning came only a month after Capital Land Investment said in its business update for the third quarter of 2023 that the weakening operating environment in these overseas markets presented potential significant valuation risks. It also said at the time that its diversified exposure across geographies, particularly in stable markets such as Singapore, should continue to bolster its resilience. Now, the profit warning from Capital Land Investment, I think, was quickly forgotten by investors because it came only days before the Fed's dovish pivot. But it is something that investors should carefully weigh before chasing the rally that's now unfolding in the REIT and property trust sector. Keep in mind that despite all the excitement in recent weeks, global monetary policy is still relatively tight, even with the rate cuts penciled in by Fed members for 2024 the U.S. federal funds rate would still be at levels not seen since before the global financial crisis. Similarly, the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond yield, which traded as high as 5% in October last year, has now fallen to just under 4%. But that's where it was back in 2007, before the global financial crisis led to a long period of ultra-loose monetary policy. Capital Land Investment is a well-respected global real estate investment manager, and the assets held by its various investment vehicles are probably of very high quality, in my view at least. So if the group is expecting to have to write down the value of some of its assets in markets such as China, Australia, Europe, the UK and the US when it reports its 2023 results, which are due out in February then it seems reasonable to expect that other real estate investment managers exposed to those same markets are going to have the same problem. In fact, I would argue that real estate investment managers that do not write down the value of their assets in those overseas markets are going to draw a great deal of scrutiny from investors, and they may have to answer some tough questions. On a positive note, We have seen some REITs and property trusts taking steps recently to strengthen their balance sheets and focus on higher quality assets. For instance, within the Capital Land Investment Group, Capital Land Ascenders REIT said last month that it would sell three properties in Australia for 73 million Australian dollars. This represents a premium of 6.2% over an independent valuation for the properties as at the 31st of August 2023. Also last month, Capital Land Ascot Trust said it's divesting three hotels in Japan to an unrelated third party for 10.7 billion yen. This is 15% more than the book value of those assets at the end of 2022. In another case, iRead Global said last month that it is divesting an office property in Spain for 24.5 million euros, which is 5.2% above an independent valuation as at the 30th of June 2023. Now, these transactions are not all that large relative to the overall size of these REITs, but the deals are important in that they demonstrate the resilience of their asset valuations and create financial capacity for these REITs to acquire new assets that generate better yields. Divestments also, naturally, enable REITs to reduce their debt. For instance, Cromwell European REIT said last month that it had repurchased 50 million euros worth of bonds funded with proceeds from its recent divestments. 
The bond buyback amounted to a 10% slice of a 500 million euro issue of bonds with a coupon of 2.125% that is due to mature in November 2025. Cromwell said the repurchase of the bonds would reduce the refinancing risk it faces next year and that it would book a 3 million euro gain from the discounted purchase price of the bonds. Some readers of the Business Times might remember that Cromwell was being pushed by an activist investor last year to repurchase its units, which are trading at a steep discount to its book value. But repurchasing its debt, as it has announced, actually makes much more sense in my view. Besides containing the risk of a decline in the valuation of its assets, lightening its balance sheet in this way could also position it to make opportunistic acquisitions as interest rates begin falling in the months ahead. Cromwell has in fact been making a strategic pivot over the last few years towards light industrial and logistics assets, which have held their value better than its office properties. So, what does all this mean for investors in REITs and property trusts? First of all, it's probably not a good idea to chase the current rally in REITs and property trusts. While the prospect of lower interest rates in the months ahead has spurred risk-taking across the sector, the REITs and property trusts listed in Singapore are making a potentially painful adjustment to a new normal of higher interest rates. This could mean having to lower their gearing and simultaneously pivot towards property assets that offer higher and more resilient yields. REITs and property trusts that demonstrate an ability to make this transition smoothly and effectively could be long-term winners in my view. Now, some of the REITs I mentioned earlier, such as Capital Land Ascenders REIT, Capital Land Ascot Trust and even Cromwell European REIT, appear to be making the right moves. But rather than immediately jumping on any particular REIT or property trust, I would suggest investors listen to what all of them have to say when they report their financial results for 2023 in the weeks ahead. During these crucial weeks, investors should observe if a REIT's property assets are maintaining their value and what measures its manager and sponsor group are taking to ensure it has sufficient capacity to cope with any likely asset devaluation and acquire new assets with an appropriate risk-return profile. Investors should also critically assess the manager and sponsor group's strategic plans in the year ahead and carefully consider if they are betting too heavily on a decline in interest rates, simply stoking depressed real estate valuations. REITs and property trusts in Singapore could be on the brink of an inflection point, but making the most of it will require deep expertise and depth management. That's it for this episode of Mark to Market. I'm Senior Correspondent Ben Paul at The Business Times. This is a podcast by The Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.